Cool Church podcast. This is Joanne Wilson, co-pastor at Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. We, uh, we're going to keep going in this series. How many of y'all excited to hear a word? I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little flustered, man. Holy Spirit been slapping me around all day. So I'm going to just try to get through this. If I hug my nose a little bit, man, it's not because I ain't study. It's not because I ain't prepared, man. My, this, thing, this thing gets written, like, by, by Wednesday of the week. I already know what's happening. Um, so I just take time to study. But, man, when the Holy Spirit just start messing around with you like that, sometimes uh, you just got to gotta lean in a little more. So forgive me if I, if I lean in a little more than usual, but um, I think you're still going to get the heart of this message all the same. We're in a series... Um, called Heart for the House. Um, and it's been a really fun series uh, to preach as we're, we're talking about having a heart for the house, man. We've been in a, literally in a season of flux and transition since we started this church in January 27th of 2019. We've never had a permanent location, never had a, a permanent home. We were, uh, we've been in, man, we've been in gyms. We've been, literally there was one gym that had a boxing ring in the center of it. Um, we were there. We've been in hotel um, um, conference rooms. We've been in parks. We've been in school gyms. We've been here. We've been in the um, in, in the in the Miramar chambers where all the laws and stuff for, for Miramar where they talk about it with the city commission work. We've been there. We've been in the ballrooms. We've been in a lot of different places, but we don't have a place to call our own. So, man, we're just giving over and above in this season to see that happen. And um, as, as this is a season that speaks to, to generosity, what my wife talked about was the tithe, man. We do that out of obedience, man. We know that everything we have is not ours. It belongs to God anyway. So we're obedient as to when we give back to him and that. But this what, what, what heart for the house is, is generosity, man. It's over and above. And we, this whole time we've been talking about planting seeds. There's power in planting seeds. The way the Bible works and the way God works is always with seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. You go back to the beginning of the word. Seed, time, and harvest is the way that God manifests things. Something has to be planted. There's a certain amount of time and then there is a harvest. And I'm believing that as we're in the fall, this is traditionally harvest season. I'm believing that God's going to do something, man, that he's never done before. So I know my wife already talked about it, but man, some of y'all made pledges. I'm not hunting anybody down for their pledge. We ain't got to do that, man. Like God's going to do what God's going to do. Amen. And I trust him for that. Amen. But if you didn't make a pledge, man, on, on November 14th, bring what you pledged in so that we could see God give us something that belongs to us because we are not meant to be renters or borrowers. We are meant to be owners and lenders. Amen. I totally believe that with all my heart. And I never ask you to do something that I'm not doing myself. Me and my wife have definitely pledged above and beyond and have since day one to continue to see this miracle in Miramar. Amen. So with that being said, heart for the house. Um, if you got your Bibles, we've been looking at the life of King David, not really the entire life, but the end of the life of King David, because he gave literally the greatest heart for the house offering of all time uh, when he gave to see his son Solomon build a temple. So if you got your Bibles, turn to First Chronicles 28, 19 through 20. I promise you, I won't keep you long. I'll get you out for brunch. Some of y'all looking forward for brunch and you already ate breakfast. So you do like breakfast, brunch. Do you do lunch after that to, you know, kind of brunch is the transition or? Okay, sorry. First Chronicles 28, 19 through 20. Read like this. All this, David said, I have in writing as a result of the Lord's hand on me. And he enabled me to understand all the details of the plan. David also said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do the work. That's a good, oh man, somebody with me. That's a good place to say, underline that. Somebody, look at your neighbor, say, do the work. Now look at your other neighbor, they win, you don't like so much because you picked them second. And say, do the work. Mm-mm-mm. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord, God, my God is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. And the church said, amen. great place to say amen. If um, 
you are taking notes in this now third part of Heart for the House. I've entitled the message this, Plan the Seed. Plan the Seed. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. For this is the day that you have made, God. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you for each and every person that came into this place today, each and every person watching online from before the earth began to spin on its axis. You knew each and every person that would hear and listen to a message that's always going to be about the one that matters the most, Jesus. God, I pray that hearts, minds, and ears be open and receptive to a word that once again is always going to be about Jesus. God, I pray for the one, the one that needs to hear this word. God, I pray that we would learn, God, that when you supply us with seed, we got to be better planters of that seed if we want to see a harvest. God, I thank you. Praise you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, everybody said, somebody take about five seconds and give Jesus Christ a shout of praise, please. Come on. Really quick, did you notice our worship team, they were wearing like the pink up here? It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I just wanted to do something really quick. Are there any breast cancer survivors out there? If you could just stand, if you're a breast cancer survivor, I know, like my mom's one of them, she's standing in the back. Awesome. I was gonna ask you to clap, but you're already doing it. Let's give it up for folks. Maybe you're online, we clapping for you too, man. Some real heroes, man. Push past adversity to keep on moving forward, because it ain't over till it's over, amen? care what the doctors say. It ain't done till God says it's done. So I want to keep encouraging y'all. Keep on fighting. Keep on believing. Mom, what is it? It's 20 plus years now. What, what, how many years? 23 years. You're going to mess around and live longer than me. I wouldn't be mad at that. I love you. Love you, mama. So Week one of this, this series, we prayed and we pledged a seed. And Pastor Alan Griffin, y'all remember Pastor Al who was here week one? Yeah, man, Pastor Al, he towed it up, man. It was great. He preached about pledging a seed. Um, and, 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 and when he talked about pledging a seed, he was saying that the beauty of a seed is not the fruit. The beauty of the seed are the seeds within a seed. Because when you plant a seed and a tree or something is produced, you can look at that tree and you can count how many fruits are on the tree. But each and every one of those fruits has a certain number of seeds and those seeds will continue to grow more trees and more fruit and an infinite number of seeds. So the beauty of the seed is not in the fruit. The beauty of the seed is in the seed. What was he saying? Your seed has infinite potential. The second week I followed that up because you can't just pray for the seed and pledge the seed. You got to protect the seed. Oftentimes when you make a decision to do something good, there's always something that wants to stop you from doing the right thing, right? So you got to protect it. Some of y'all left that first week, oh, I'm pleasure. Oh man, I'm excited. I'm about to pledge this seed November 14th. Look out, devil, I'm dropping my seed. We gonna grow the church from the ground up. You was a hype. And then you left. And then something happened in your car. And he was like, God, I was going to get that seed, but I got to get this muffler fixed. God, I was going to get that seed, but this thing happened over here. I was going to get that seed, but I need to pay this over here. What, ha what happens is as soon as you decide to do something good with your seed, there's always going to be something that tries to steal your seed. The enemy knows that if he can steal your seed, he can steal your harvest. So... We got to do what King David did. See, King David's seed was his son Solomon, the son that he had with Bathsheba. And one of his old rotten sons, one of David's rotten sons was trying to literally kill Solomon. So the way that David protected the seed, one, he had to be reminded of the seed. Bathsheba was like, don't forget about my son Solomon. You promised he was going to be king, not his other son you got trying to be king. Like you got to remind. You need people in your life to hold you accountable to remind you of your seed, right? But then you got to keep the seed visible. You got to get, you got to put, you got to put it in a place that you care about. Because if it's in a place that you care about, you're going you to make sure you look after it. You're going to make sure you do the right thing 
with it. The things that uh, are the most important to me, I keep the closest to me. Well, what did David do? David said, okay, I'm going to take this seed of my son Solomon. I'm going to put him in the most important place in the kingdom. I'm going to put him on my throne. That's how we kept the seed visible. So not only could he see the seed, everyone could see the seed and see how important the seed of Solomon was. So we talked about praying and pledging the seed. We talked about protecting the seed. Today I want to talk about planting the seed. Now that we have prayed and pledged and we learn how to protect, we must plan. Because the truth is, you can't accomplish anything great without a plan. If you fail the plan, you plan to fail. You must have a plan. If you want to reap a harvest of the seeds that you've planned on planting, you better have a plan. In order for you to have planned two things, I want you to remember that will help you, that will bless your life, not just as it pertains to this seed, but all the seeds in your life that you're planning on planting for your future. If you lean into this, I promise you, this will bless the endeavors of your hands. So the first thing you need to know is this, planting the seed requires a strategy. Planning the seed requires a strategy. Look at 1 Chronicles 28, 19. I told you, this is the end of David's life, man. He's practically like bedridden, but he already promised to make Solomon the king. So he puts Solomon on the throne. And now he's about to, he's about to literally give the biggest heart for the house offering uh, on the history of the planet. He's about to give all of his resources so that Solomon can build the temple for the most high God. But not only is he trying to give his son resources, he gave his son a plan. He gave his son a plan. He resourced his seed, not just with finances, he resourced his seed with a plan. David understood that God had given him a dream for the temple of the Lord to be built. He knew that he could not build it because he had too much blood on his hands, but he knew that his son, based upon a promise by God, would build it. So he gave him the plans that he had in his heart. He saw a vision for the temple and it was clear and it was detailed, so much so that he wrote it down, which is why David says in 1 Chronicles 28, 19, he says, all this, David said, I have in writing. A lot of people got plans that they never write down. All this I have in writing as a result of the Lord's hand on me. Some of y'all be wondering where you get your plans from. There is not anything that I do without going to first seek counsel from the Lord. If you need an idea, pray to God. He will give you something. All David did was write down the plans that the Lord had given him. He says, and, and not only did he give him the plans, it says, and he enabled me to understand all the details of the plan. You have no idea how detailed this plan was. I'm going to read a portion of what this plan was, and this might be the most Bible that some of y'all read in the whole week. That's okay. We're going to read it. Because what do we come to church do? Learn about God's word. Amen? Awesome. <laughs> I love something. Somebody go, oh, I get, oh, I get excited about every verse. Read more, Pastor. Read more. What? Okay. All right. First Chronicles 28, 11 through 18. Look at this. Look at how detailed this plan is. Then David gave his son Solomon the plans for the portico of the temple. That's like the porch or the entrance uh, way to the temple. So it says, then David gave his son, he, he wrote all this down. So imagine, David gave his son the plans for the portico of the temple, its buildings, its storerooms, its upper parts, its inner rooms, and its place of atonement. He gave him the plans of all that the spirit had put in his mind for the courts of the temple of the Lord and all the surrounding rooms for the treasuries of the temple of God, for the treasuries of the dedicated things. He gave him instructions for the divisions of the priests and the Levites and for all the work of serving the temple of the Lord. He didn't even just give him details on the builders. He gave him the details of how people were supposed to operate when they were in the buildings. He says, look at this, as well as, he says, as well as for all the articles for using in his service. Verse 14, he designated, listen to this, the weight 
of gold for all the gold articles to be used in various kinds of service, the weight of silver for all the silver articles to be used in various kinds of service, the weight for the gold and for the gold lampstands and their lamps with the weight for each lampstand and its lamps and the weight of the silver for each of the silver lampstands and its lamps according to the use of each lampstand. That's detail. He, cre he, he wrote down a weight for the lampstand based upon the use of the lampstand. That's crazy. You know what that is? That's strategy. It's not just the what. He's like, hey, here's how you do it. Here's a specific weight for it. Here's a specific material for it. And here's the weight for it based upon what it's supposed to be used for. Oh, and by the way, here's what it's used for. Look at this. Verse 16. The weight of the gold for each table for the consecrated bread, the weight of the silver for the silver tables, the weight of the pure gold for the fork, sprinkling in the bowls and the pitchers of the weight of the gold for each dish, the weight of the silver for each of the silver dish, the weight of the refined gold for the altar of incense. He also gave him the plan for the chariot, that is the cherubim of gold that spread their wings and overshadowed the ark of the covenant of the Lord. David was detailed in his plan. I mean, he... The Bible says he wrote all these things down. So if you wrote down the way, he has specificity to the numbers of the elements. How many of them? How much do they weigh? What are they actually used for? He wrote all of this down and gave this to his son. What is David trying to teach us here? It's hard to accomplish anything without a detailed strategy. Six years ago, Come on, worshiper, I'm with you. <laughs> Six years ago, I had a plan to buy a house. Um, and my plan was, I planned to buy a house, I planned to build equity uh, in that house to provide some type of security and financial future for my family. I was like, man, if I die tomorrow, I gotta be able to give these girls something. So I figured the only way to do it would be to give them a physical place that at least what they had is collateral to make movement in my demise. I know that sounds a little bit morbid, but you, if, if you're not thinking about the future of your family, no one else will. So I was thinking about my family and I was like, all right, man, we gotta, we gotta figure this out. I don't know how, how I'm gonna do it. I don't have the finances to do it. I definitely didn't have the credit to do it. But I said, if, 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 if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it. So the plan was in 2015, man, we, January 1st, Joe, we get in the house. Now, I don't know how, but we gonna get one. And we figured it out and we got one. And when we got one, my strategy for this house, because we bought it at a price that we could afford it, my strategy was to design this house with the buyer in mind. So when I was looking for a house, I wasn't looking for the best house, I was just looking for the house with the best bones. I was looking for the house with the best bones because I know what I am, I'm an artist. So I know, even if it don't look good, I can get it there. I had a strategy, I had a plan, so I said okay, we're going to buy low. I'm going to design with the buyer in mind because when I bought the house, I was like, I guarantee you, this will be our first house. It will not be our last house. This house is going to set us up for the next one. So I never planned on staying there. So I got a plan. We're going to figure it out in this house. Not only will we design with the buyer in mind, for the stuff I don't know how to do, I'm a higher experts. But for the stuff I do know how to do, I'm about to put in all the sweat equity in the world. I don't care how long it takes me, I'ma figure it out. If I gotta sweat a little bit, my family is worth sweating for, amen? So, we finally found a spot that I thought would work. And, it, and <laughs> I remember like, me and my wife, when we saw the place, had different reactions to the place. I saw the place, I was like, wow, some good bones, man. <laughs> my wife, I don't see it. Am I lying? Nope. Bathrooms was like real tiny. Like lit, my, <laughs> our, the bathroom, the bat, one, one of our bathrooms, I could literally do this and I was touching every wall in the bathroom. It was bad. I was like, ah, I see the potential. It's like if you shift this wall here, add one here, here. 
I saw the bone had good bones. So once again, because I'm an artist, before I start to work on something, I got to see. If I can see it, I can do it. I got to see it. So what, what I did, once again, I had to, every, let me just say what I'm about to say right now, because I think somebody needs to hear this. Some of y'all think you need to have all these specialized gifts to do what God has called you to do. All you got to do is use the gifts that he's put in your hand. No, everybody is not an artist, but everybody's got something. That baby that was just welling out in here, she got pipes I ain't got. Everybody's got something. Take what you got and use it for God's glory. I'm an artist, that's what I had. So I was like, man, I gotta see this thing. So I made renderings. I used the computer and I made renderings. One of the things I went to college for. So let me, let me, let me put up the first uh, uh, picture, man. It's gonna be a little hard to see. But on the top is what the house actually looked like when we bought it. It was an old yellow house. I used to call it Sunshine. On the bottom was a computer rendering that I made of what I thought the house would look like. So when I did that and I showed my wife, I was like, would you live in this house? She was like, sure. Because when I looked at that old yellow house, I didn't see that old yellow house. I saw the house under it. Now I had to figure out how to make that house real. Now go, go ahead, show, go, go, show, show another one. That, that's not real, that's a rendering. Our bedroom was like an eight by eight. And as you're like, listen, man, I'll probably never live through a renovation again. Like, I live somewhere else while we're renovating. We used to, like, jump from room to room like musical chairs. Like, let's live in this room while we're doing this room. Let's live in this room while we're doing this room. And I, made, I said, man, oh, I got to, I, I want, when I come home, I want my, 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 my master bedroom to be a sanctuary. So I designed what I wanted it to look like. That's what I wanted to match. And then go, go to the next one. Because I had to sit, ooh, I, I, want, I, I wanted my wife to be able to just lay in the bubbles of the bathtub and just luxuriate. And I wanted a shower I could just stand in and just, God, rain your Holy Spirit presence on me. That's what I want. So I designed it. I was like, girl, would you live here? She's like, yeah. And then go ahead, show, show, show the last. I said, oh, I want a backyard I could have fun in. I just want to, I want to chill out. This ain't, this ain't real. This wasn't what it was. I promise you it was not like this. It's a rendering. I did on computer. I was like, man, I gotta see it. Cause if if I if I see it, it's gonna motivate me to make it happen. So I saw it. Why do you have to see it? Because you can't build what you have not seen. Y'all want me to say it again? I'll say it again. You cannot build what you have not seen. If you see it, you can strategize how to get it. So many of you haven't developed a strategy because you don't first have a vision. You cannot develop a strategy without a vision. You gotta see it first. But here's the, here's the fun part though. Cause you gotta have a plan, you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta see it. Cause if you see it, you could strategize about it. And this is why strategy is so fun. Let me tell you why strategy is so fun. Because there are so many ways to make what you have seen come to life. I'm sure I got a way to do it, but I'm sure that everybody in this room, as you're looking at that, you're figuring out 10 other ways how to do the same thing. This is the beauty of strategy because it's up to you to determine. God gives us the vision, but depending on who he gives it to, he already knows that the person that he gives it to is going to have a unique way of going about getting it. Strategy is beautiful because this is where you get to add all of the human you are into God's plan. God's plan is always a man. And isn't it funny that every different human that he uses goes about doing his work differently? Read the Bible. If God's plan is just to reconcile people to him, how come everybody doesn't do it the same way? You know why? Because we are all unique aspects of our creator and God is trying to show the world something different about who he is through you. The way in which you go about, the way in which you strategize is something unique that will express who God is in the world through you. So a few weeks ago, you prayed. 
And you pledged a seed and you've been trying your best to protect the seed, but now you gotta come up with a plan, a detailed strategy that is unique to you to deliver the seed. Has to be unique to you. God gives you the vision, but you are responsible for developing a unique strategy that works for you. Some of y'all plan to see and have no idea how you're going to come up with this seed on November 14th because you haven't developed a strategy. Well, maybe working extra shifts or taking on more freelance. That's a strategy. Maybe selling things that you no longer need. <clears throat> My wife, selling things that you no longer need because you haven't worn some of that stuff in your closet in the last six months. <clears throat> My wife, maybe that's a strategy. She's like, oh, you being petty petty today. <laughs> Investing, that's a strategy. Here's one, pausing pleasure. That's a strategy. You say, what does that mean? Some of y'all need to put a pause to that retail therapy. You only laugh because it's true. You buy, listen, it ain't just y'all. When I was a young man, I got my first job, I would literally take my paycheck and buy a pair of shoes every week. It was just it's like, I'm right there right now, son, what you talking about? It wasn't the best decision, though, in the law. I think back, I'm like, man, I could have had so much more ends if I wasn't buying Jordans every week. I love Jordans. I'm just saying. If I was more strategic about what I was spending my money on, pausing pleasure. Some of you can't give the pledge because you have pledged your money to Nordstrom. You have pledged your money to Foot Locker. You have pledged your money to whatever it is you pledging to, but it ain't the house of God. Oh, I thought you was gonna be nice today. Nope. Here's a strategy. Buying a more cost-effective version of the same thing. That's a strategy. Maybe instead of going to the big retail coffee shop every morning on your way to work and spending five to seven dollars for a venti latte mocha cappuccino patacaca. <laughs> you can go to the grocery store and buy that little, them little, little cheap coffee joints, put them in your coffee maker and spend cents on the dollar. Like, like, I know people spend like $35 on coffee a week. Like on coffee? On coffee? Coffee, you, you serve the God of coffee. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying like, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm, trying to be I'm trying to be practical with your strategies, man. Um, 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 let me see. Doing your own hair is a strategy. Some of y'all like, nope, edge control, nope, it ain't gone. <laughs> nope, sorry, pastor, I'm not, I was with you until you said that. I can't, this late, I can't, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, listen, I know, now, now I know I ain't got hair to talk. But long before I lost all this, I figured out a way to cut my own dog on hair because back when I was getting hair cuts, they were $7 a cut. Now they're like 25. 70. I rebuke that barber in the name of Jesus. You spending $75 every two weeks on something you know is coming back? I just have to let it grow, let it grow. I ain't cutting my hair no more. $75? Good Lord, that's a lot of money. Sheesh. And that's the fellas. I don't even want to know what. I know what the ladies spend because I'm the one that's spending it. <laughs> Lord Jesus. That's a car payment. Jesus. <sighs> Lord, help me finish this message today. <laughs> Cooking instead of Uber eating every day is a strategy. You know how much money you spend on delivery fees? And then they be slick. They be like just throwing that tip on there. They don't really be asking you. They just, oh, just put that 15%. I'm like, nah, let me write the tip on. <laughs> Stop acting like it's just me. Hmm. Have you ever like, look, 
like, just go in your bank statement. How many of y'all do Uber Eats? I, I do Uber Eats. I'm an Uber eater. I'm an Uber eater. You ever looked at your, your, your statement at the end of the month to see how many Uber, 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 Ubers you got? Uh-huh. Okay. Just saying. You might want to cook something. Get that ramen out. See, I like when Miss Brenda Kelly was said, I know that's right. I don't even know what an Uber is. I, I, I'm my own Uber. I cook my own meals. Come on. I'm with you. I'm coming to your house after this. Working out in the park instead of paying a gym membership every month. I mean, I ain't hating on gyms. Like, I, yo, I, I, I go to the gym, but like, my homegirl Nicole, man, she killed me at a workout one time. I, 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 I ain't even pick up a weight. I'm like, yo, this, this, this is from the devil. She not, but I'm just in the workout was. I was like, yo, I barely even, yo, kill me. Setting proper budgets and keeping margins in your life. That's a strategy, man. Some of y'all think it's so hard to get, like, it's not hard to be generous. You just got to have discipline. That's a strategy. God gives you the what, but uniquely created you to develop the how. I'm not telling you how to do it. You can come up with your own strategy. I was just offering some suggestions. But if none of those things work for you, then maybe you need to begin to ask God for more opportunities. So you just need more opportunities out there. Maybe God just wants to see how you will use the what he gives you. The strategy is the vehicle to accomplish the dream of your seed. I, I love what the famous, the famous philosopher, poet, and business mogul, um, Sean Puffy Combs said. <laughs> Don't be afraid to close your eyes and dream and open your eyes and see. You can't dream about the seed forever. Eventually, you're going to have to open your eyes and see a strategy to get the same thing that you dreamed about. Some of y'all live in your dreams, but never attach strategy to it. What if Martin Luther King said, I have a dream and then, then, then didn't go out and actually start doing stuff in the community? Dreams mean nothing if you don't attach strategy and deadlines to them. I got to dream about a lot of things, but they ain't going to happen if I'm sitting on my behind. I need a strategy. Sometimes people say things like, man, the stuff they preaching in church don't connect with what I'm going through in my life. I'm trying to make this message as vocational as possible because I'm telling you, a guy like me that did not have it all together, I got a lot of things financially together now because I finally implemented a See, I don't even need to preach a sermon no more. But it's not just strategy. And this is the final point. Planting a seed requires a sacrifice. Ah, this is the part I ain't want to hear. <laughs> First Chronicles 28, 20 says, David also said to Solomon, he didn't just give him the plan. Look what he said to him. He's like, son, you need a strategy here. But David also said to Solomon, be strong and courageous and do the work. I could stop right there. Be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid to discourage for the Lord. God, my God is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. Do the work. God will be with you until it's done. Do the work. Sacrifice. I love what David says. He says, be strong and courageous and do the work. To sacrifice, it will require you to be strong, courageous, and do the work. That's what sacrifice is. When you're strong, you're courageous, and you do the work. Sacrifice is not for the weak. Sacrifice is scary. Sacrifice, it will require some effort out of you. When I had a vision for what I thought my house should look like, I started to implement strategies on how to build all that stuff out. And as I implemented a strategy, I soon realized it's going to take some work. So I started a renovation. <laughs> I started a renovation. I, I, I started buying 
you know, a bunch of a bunch of tools. I have my my trusty uh, tool belt here. Let me can, y'all y'all give me a second. Can I put my tool belt on? It's just gonna make the preaching better because now you got visuals. Hold on. That's why they call it a illustrated sermon. Okay, sorry. Like, why I gotta put it on like that? Like, like, dude, just put it on. So, I got my trusty tool. My baby bought me this. Thank you, thank you for getting my, my tool belt. She, my baby got my tool. My baby, my, my baby, my baby. Okay, my baby got my tool belt. I put on my tool belt, and I start, man. I started working. I started working, and I got my trusty mallet here. I learned a couple skills and trades along the way. It was really awesome. And 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 I like like I, I always tell Vava. I said Home Depot is. Uh, she's like, Dad, where we're we going? I said the toy store. She's like, For real? And then she get all hyped, and then we pull up to Home Depot. She'd be like, Dad, it's my toy store. So I go cause like it's something about building stuff that you. Uh, uh, uh. Y'all remember that old show Home Improvement? Yeah. Tim the Two Man. Uh, uh, so I always like try to find the stuff that's just loud. Just. <laughs> just feel powerful when you do that, man. So I'm like cutting wood like. Like you got to grunt when you do it. You just feel. Just feel good about that. Just like stuff that's loud, man. So I start, I start going room by room, man, front of the house, back of the house. I was just more power. I bought, I bought, I bought like, I bought like three nail guns, like for no reason. Like I ain't even need three nail guns. I got three. This is one of them. I just like nail gun. Nail guns are fun. I promise I won't shoot. It won't fire unless I'm pressing something. So I, I promise you, ain't nobody gonna die today. I just like it though, man. Just like, don't just, just like you just feel powerful. Just, oh, oh. just feel powerful with this, man. Just feel good. Fellas, stop acting like y'all don't know. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Just feel good. Then I drill. I said, oh, man. Just, yeah. Just drilling stuff. Just thought I was in the Wild West. I can't spin it well. I was hyped, man. So I was going around my house. I started, man, I started building stuff. I started learning how to do things I didn't know how to do. I was always pretty handy, but like as you're, as you're in the process, you start learning what you could do. So there's things I could not do. Like I wasn't like laying foundation. I wasn't like doing plumbing. I called professionals for that. Like my guy Donovan, who's here today, Donovan, where you at? You around? There you go right there. That's my guy, Don, greatest plumber on the planet. Hey, you got some problems with your house and your plumbing? Donovan can help you out. But Donovan, you remember when I was building my bathroom? Man. Donovan burst up the floors in my bathroom. I saw dirt all in this thing. He was laying down new pipes and stuff. I was like, Lord Jesus. I, I asked myself, I said, what did I get myself into? What did I get myself into? I'm running back and forth to the permit office. I ain't know nothing about no permit. I was just doing what they asked me to do. I was getting inspections, taking the inspections myself. It was getting on my nerves, man. I was sick of them people coming to my house. Donovan down there laying pipes. I was like, all right, man, when you get this thing covered up, I'm going to do my work. I started laying down tiles. Started doing the stuff I know how to do. I remember, man, in my, in my master bedroom, I had to, do, had to frame out a closet big enough for my wife's clothes that still wasn't big enough. So I was taking my, my, my nail gun and I was creating the frame for the wall. I was creating the studs and I was putting up drywall and I, I put up the drywall and then when you put up drywall, you got to mud it, you know, so you get the trial out. You got to mud it and then you got to sand it. Man, let me tell y'all something. Sanding will test your salvation. <laughs> because what happened was, I, I still like, I had a job. Like, I had a job. I was working eight hours a day. And I would come home because I had this vision about what this house should be. I would come home, and my wife could tell you. Sometimes I'd be like, hey, love, I go to the room like I was on punishment. <laughs> and I put my mask and my, and my glasses on. I pull my tools out. I pull out, and I just start sanding. So I was just sitting in the middle of the room, and I was just like, God, when is this going to be over? And I was saying, saying, I started to resent the thing that I loved so much. I was like, God, why you got, why you got me here doing this, man? Like, I feel like there's no, there's no end to this thing, man. And I just kept hearing that, that voice. Who, who are you doing it for? Who, 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 who are you doing this for? If, it's for? if it's for you, you can quit right now. It's for you, you could quit. But what you're talking about doing was never gonna happen quickly because what you're doing 
is going to have an effect long term. So, son, it's going to require some sacrifice. So, you know what I did? Every time I got down, I would go back in the room, strap my tool belt back up, pick up my tools again, and I would keep on going. I go to work in the day, I come back in the afternoon, I pick up my tools, and I kept on going. I, go, I get up again, go back to work in the day, I come home, I pick up my tools, and I kept on going. Each and every day, month after month, I picked up my tools and I kept on going. I wish somebody would hear me today that feels like giving up on something that God has called them to. You already got the strategy. All you need is the sacrifice. The only thing that's stopping somebody's marriage from working out today is you picking up your tools again and you keep on going. The only thing that's stopping you from having a good relationship with your child is for you to pick up your tools again and keep on going. The only thing that's stopping your financial success right now is for you to pick up your tools again and keep on going. The only thing that's stopping you from getting the healing that you know that God told you you were supposed to have is you picking up your tools again and keep on going. Sometimes sacrifice is going to require you to pick up your tools and keep on going. If you believe it say man no it's not always fun yes sometimes you want to quit but you still got to do the work why do you have to do the work because the truth is the seed won't work if you don't work let me show you the results of work. Put up the first. That's what my house on the top started like. That's what it looks like right now on the bottom. I look at that and I see the work. Man, I, me and my brother, we laid every patch of saw. We did every bit of, every rock, every plant, every bit of paint, everything. And we did with our own hands. We did the work. Show the next one. That, you can barely see it, but that's my, <laughs> that's my stand-up shower in her clawfoot tub. On one side, it looks all red because all my guys know that do the bathrooms, you got to put that, red, that special red paint down to help seal the water. I, I remember the days where I was like, man, I'm so sick of looking at this red shower. And I put every, every one of those doggone tiles, I laid with my own hands. Donovan knows he was there. He was like, hey, man, you ever thought about tiling? I'm like, nah, not after this. I'm done. Show the next one. See that empty canvas right there? I put every strip of that wood on that wall. I did the drywall on top of that. Me and my brother and myself, we did it. We did the I polished all the floors myself. And then we went and created this beautiful wood wall. I laid every bit of that stinking wood myself. Show the last one. See what the backyard started like? That's what it looked like right now. Looks a lot like division, don't it? I laid every stinking block, <laughs> every plant. Got a lot of cuts and bumps and bruises along the way. Had to sacrifice because I wanted to see the vision in person. I had the strategy, but we wouldn't even be here talking today if I didn't sacrifice. And six years later, the place that I resented because I had to sacrifice so much has given me so much back in return. That place is my sanctuary. That place, it built my credit up to an excellent rating because we paid our payments on time. That place we got so much equity in the house, we were able to pay off all our debt. That place, it's my sanctuary. That place gave us money on top. So now we have a six month contingency plan. If Joe or I cannot work for six months, our family will not want for anything because that money is just sitting in the bank without anybody touching it. That place, 
gave us money on top of that, and now we are making investments. I never knew I would make investments on the stock market, but today we make investments on the stock market because that house that we sacrificed for gave us something in return. And that place is now on the market for worth double what we paid for it. Took a little sweat, took a little courage, took a little strength, took a lot of sacrifice. Now I can live in the benefits of the sacrifice that I made for my seed. If I had to leave this earth tomorrow, God forbid, I know my family's already taken care of because we sacrificed. It feels so good when people come out of my house and they say, hey, who did the work? I smile and say, I did it myself. I sacrificed. See, too many people want to reap the harvest, but they've never plowed a field. Mm -mm -mm. See, I realize nobody said this work would be easy, but I promise you, man, it's always worth it. It's always worth it. Was it hard? Yeah. That's why David says you got to be strong. Was it scary? Absolutely. That's why he says you got to have courage. Did it require a lot out of me? Yeah. That's why you got to do the work. You got to sacrifice. That's why David told his son in 1 Chronicles 28.20, he says, if you're strong, if you're courageous and you do the work, guess what, son? You'll never be working alone. He says, 1 Chronicles 28, 20, don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. I'm not worried about if this church is going to get built. You know why? Because I'm a sacrifice knowing that I'm not even working for myself. When I work, my God works with me. See, I believe that God looks for people to work with that aren't scared of a little work. See, the key to not, the key to not failing to fulfill the seed is to keep working with the God that works with you. Some of us are so resistant to working with God. Work with the God that works with you. Planting the seed, it requires strategy and sacrifice. And you know the beautiful thing about those two words? God's done both of those from the beginning. He had a strategy, sacrifice. See, I know some of y'all think we were just talking about fulfilling a heart for the house seed today. But I promise you this message is so much more because we can only strategize and sacrifice because from the beginning of time, God's been strategizing and sacrificing for each and every one of us. See, I love God because not only did he have a plan to save us, he was willing to sacrifice and do whatever he had to do to see the harvest of his seed. From the very beginning, God has always had a plan to save us. First Peter 1, 18 through 21 tells me, for you know that it is not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but, oh my goodness, with the precious blood of Christ, the lamb without blemish or defect, Verse 20 is what you should underline in your Bible and never forget. He was chosen before the creation of the world. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him so that your faith and hope are in God.
Jesus. That's what I've been trying to get you to hear this entire time. The cross is the strategy. Jesus was the sacrifice. Before the foundations of the earth were set, God had a vision for what humanity should be. But because we did not do what he asked us to do, he implemented a strategy, a strategy of sacrifice, a strategy that the whole world would see. He said the cross is the only way. The cross is the how it's gonna happen. Because I've been, I've been showing humanity from the beginning. Yeah, you make sacrifices, find the right animals, find the dove, find the lamb. And they, we, were, we, were, we were walking with the strategy that we had been given by the law, but God says we can't do this forever. I need to send one sacrifice that's gonna cover all sacrifice. So I got a strategy called the cross of Calvary. And it will be so gruesome it will be so brutal so much blood will be shed that there will never have to be blood that is shed again but the strategy wasn't enough because somebody had to be willing to do the work of the strategy somebody had to be willing to sacrifice in order to see the sacrifice and the strategy of the cross come to fruition so if the cross is the strategy you have to know that God said I can't trust this to anybody else I'm gonna send myself in the version of my son that is called Jesus because nobody is gonna sacrifice more than I will for my family nobody else is gonna sacrifice what I'm willing to sacrifice for the seed nobody else is willing to do the work that I am willing to do for humanity if you believe it say amen the cross was the strategy but Jesus did the work of the sacrifice to see the seeds of our salvation come to fruition. You fail the plan, you plan to fail. Here's the good news. God can't fail because he's always had a plan. With every head bowed, and every eye closed. I don't know who I'm talking to today. I'm trying to give you scripture and references that are vocational so they can help you when you walk outside into the real world. But I'm also trying to give you something that can heal your spirit. And let me tell you something. Nothing can heal your spirit like Jesus because he was the only one that was willing to do the work. People say they love you. They say they'll sacrifice for you, but not like Jesus. He's the only one that can use the strategy of the cross in order to see his seed, the seed of salvation that's living in all of us grow. On the count of three, if you're in this room or you're watching online, you say, I need Jesus in my life as my Lord and Savior. And I don't trust anybody else but him because he's the only one that was willing to do the work. Some of us have put our trust in a lot of things, but nobody will work for you or sacrifice for you like your Lord and Savior, Jesus. You want Jesus as your Lord and Savior, wherever you are. I'm trying to make it simple, trying to make it clear, not trying to embarrass you. But if you're in this room or you're online on the count of three, wherever you are, you say, I want Jesus, the one that was willing to do the work. I want him in my life once and for all. Maybe you said that before and you've been running. Time to come home. It's never too late to come home. Maybe you've never said it. Today is the day of salvation. Today. We did all this to give you an opportunity, a favorable time for the attainment of the goal. Don't wait for tomorrow. You might not have tomorrow. You have right now. Count of three. 
We want Jesus as your Lord and Savior. No turning back. No turning back. On the count of three, raise your hand. Here we go. One, two, three. Hold it up. High enough and long enough for me to see it. Hold it up. Yeah, I see you and 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 you. I said all those you's so you would know you are not alone. Do me a favor. I know it's weird and awkward. If your hands up, stand up. You already did the hard part. You already got your hand up. Your hands up, stand up. Hands up, stand up. Nobody's judging. Listen. You know how many times I was you before I came here? You have no idea. Thank God. Thank God. You already did the hard part. You're standing up. I want to pray with you. Come down here right now. Come, 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 come. I promise you, won't kill you. Come, come. Come here, brother. standing. Everybody standing. I always do this. This is already a miracle. And it shows that God's strategy works. <laughs> it's already a miracle. But I know you said, man, those folks brave, man. Yeah, it takes courage. But here's the beautiful thing. We family. So you don't have to really do anything alone. Once you look at your neighbor right now and say, yo, if you wanted to make that decision and you were scared to go down, just look at them and say, if you're scared, I'll go with you. If they say, yeah, just grab them by the hand. Don't, don't like be crazy about it and walk them down here. It's okay. I just, I just want to make sure everybody in this room, I, I want to make sure I see my family. See, I always know. It's always, come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. See, look. Yeah, I know. Come on. Beautiful. It's all good. Yeah, come on, clap for them while they coming. Come on, let them feel good about this. Because you should feel good about it. If you're down here at this altar, the Bible says, Romans 10 now, when you confess your mouth, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart he was raised from the dead you're saved that's it confess believe the words mean nothing if you don't mean it right here you got to believe this thing right it's that simple you ain't got to know every verse in the Bible you'll learn along the way but that's not what's that's not that's not what this is it's confess and believe and God will begin to change you from the inside out amen Maybe you want to reach your hands up. You say, why? Sign of surrender. That's all. God, I'm giving, I'm surrendering to your plan. My plan ain't been working. I'm surrendering to your plan. Reach your hands towards them if you're out there in the audience. So if you're up there online, just reach those hands up to heaven. Everybody repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, dear Jesus I've, sinned. I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, I'm not proud of it. but I admit it. But I admit it. Today, Today, I lay my sin down. I lay my sin down. Take, it, I pray. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I, want it anymore. I reach to heaven, heaven to receive your forgiveness, receive forgiveness, to take the place of my sin. Of my sin. I, ask I ask that you would accept me, you accept me into your wonderful family. Your wonderful family. Today, Today, I give my life, give my life completely, to you. completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours, Lord. Thank, you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Jesus, hallelujah, I'm so excited. Hey, here's the best part. Here's the best part. The Bible says that when one comes back to the Father, there's a celebration in heaven. I, I can't open up this ceiling and show you. I can help you hear what that sounds like though. See the angels, some of them break dancing, some of them singing, it's a spread laid out. They are turned all the way up in heaven right now, right? 
So because I can't show you, family, y'all want to help him hear what that sounds like? On the count of three, you're about to get the biggest cheer that you've ever got. It's for you, though. It ain't for nobody else but you, right? And you see that sign that says, welcome to the family? That's what you are, right? So when they cheer, I want y'all to turn that way, walk that way. Why? Because we got a gift that we want to give you. If you got any questions about what happened, the team can explain to you. I don't like when people like make a decision for salvation and they leave like, well, what did I just do? We can answer all that stuff for you. All right, is that cool? Shake your head at me if you got. Okay, on the count of three, y'all turn up. Here we go. One, two, three, go. Let them know. That's for you. Let them know. Let them know God loves them. Let them know they're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Let them know they are a miracle in the name of Jesus. for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you've heard, please consider sharing it with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And always remember that you were created out of love.